Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven when you stroll down the Golden Avenue. There are mansions left and right, and you thrill at every sight, and the saints are always smiling, saying, How do you do? Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven when you realize your worrying days are through. You'll be glad you were not idle, took time to read your Bible, it's a great, great morning for you. I had a dream and I'll confess I hated to awake. I dreamt I was an angel at the great pearly gate. St. Peter said, why, hello there, where have you been? We've got your mansion ready, so come right in. And then he rang for an angel to act as his guide. He spread his wings a time or two and learned how to fly. Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven when you stroll down the golden avenue. There are mansions left and right, and you thrill at every sight. And the saints are always smiling, saying, how do you do? Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven, when you realize your worrying days are through. You'll be glad you were not idle, took time to read your Bible. It's a great morning, a great morning. What a Hey guys, uh, back there on uh, in Pastor in uh, on Sound Booth Pastor, there's a um, a slide in there. Okay, I know you just put that thing up, but you can put it back down. I just want you to show that slide in just a moment. It uh, there's a slide, and it has to do with uh, the purpose of the church. <clears throat> purpose of the church. All right. Well, anyway, we're glad you're here tonight. And again, this is we're kind of just taking some time to. Um, emphasize our 20th anniversary of, of the bus ministry. And well, I'll tell you what, it's, um, the bus ministry has been uh, kind of a staple of Community Baptist Temple or the ministry here. And boy, I'll tell you what, we, we've uh, seen God do some great things in and through the bus ministry. And there's a lot of things you've, we've been able to do as a result of it as well. For instance, having buses enabled us to have Todd Bennett jump over buses. <clears throat> that was nice, you know. And uh, remember those days. And so... You know, having buses enabled us to have our public school revivals, and having buses has enhanced our VBSs, and there's just so many things that the buses have helped us with in that regard, but just uh, overall, I mean, uh, the investment has been well worth it. I mean, each year, the truth is we invest thousands of dollars and countless hours of labor into the bus ministry, and a number of you, I mean, many of you spend your Saturdays out visiting all day long, and then you work the rally, or I mean, you, you then go out on Sundays, and you bring the kids in in the afternoons, and you work a rally, or you work a Sunday school class, or some kind of, uh, or maybe back with the teens, working with those young people, and uh, then all of a sudden, you get them safely back home in the afternoon, come right back to church that evening, and so you know, it's been, it's busy, it's, it's uh, hectic, and there's a lot of labor and a lot of love that goes into that. <clears throat> why the bus ministry? Why all that labor and why all that effort? And why do we spend the finances? Why do we put forth the labor? Why do we make the, the sacrifices that have been made through the years? And especially this last couple of years as we've been, you know, doing the afternoons. And that, that just makes it a little bit more difficult on those involved and invested. And so <clears throat> why do we do that? Why do we do that? Well, <clears throat> 
some people get the idea that the bus ministry is simply providing nothing more than transportation and babysitting. And unfortunately, you know, that can be a, a <clears throat> you know, just a misconception that is uh, kind of, that, that comes to mind. But that's not the case at all. You know, the bus ministry is not a, <clears throat> uh, you know, just, it's, it's more than transportation. It's, it's transformation. And that's really what the, the, the bus ministry is about. See, God's about lives being changed. He's in the life-changing business. And that is what the ministry, the bus ministry, is all about. Changing lives, making a difference. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's why we do what we do. Because we want to see lives changed. And uh, I think about this slide here. Um, you know, everything with a purpose is kind of a motto for years that I've kind of, you know, m- you know kind of embraced. And <clears throat> everything needs a, to have a purpose. Young people are getting married. Why? There ought to be a purpose for it. You know, there ought to be a purpose. Um, you know, uh, we join a, a ball team. There ought to be a purpose for that. Um, we, we, we take a certain job. There ought to be a purpose for that. I mean, everything with a purpose. There sh- we shouldn't just do any. We shouldn't do things just to do things. There ought to be a reason for doing what we do. I mean, our time is valuable. <clears throat> I mean, our, <clears throat> our life, inve- our investments are important. I mean, we serve the God of heaven. I mean, therefore, we can't just flippantly go about doing whatever just, you know, whatever we want on a whim. I mean, we need to have a reason for what we do. And, um, you know, I'm convinced that everything that takes place at Community Baptist Temple should accomplish one or more of the purposes that exist for the church. And I want to show you just real quickly. Go ahead and put that up if you're able, fellas. We, We talk about the purpose of the church and... Uh, you know, the purpose of our church even. And um, <clears throat> we say, you know, the purpose of the church is to inspire people to develop a heart for God. And, um, you know, that's important, isn't it? Inspiring, a, the, you know, a heart for God. And then also to include people in a, a loving church family. That, that's important. You know, we go through the book of Acts, we note some of these elements and needs in, in the church and the church to be fulfilling and to instruct people from God's word, to involve people in a biblically uh, correct ministry, to impact our community and the world with the gospel of Christ. Those are all things that the church ought to be fulfilling and accomplishing. And those are things that our church ought to be fulfilling and accomplishing. Everything with a purpose. I think if you'd look at the bus ministry and you'd really consider the bus ministry, you'd find that <clears throat> the bus ministry fulfills, if not all, almost all of these that it, it fits there, that, that it's obviously including people in a loving church family. It's instructing people from God's Word. It's involving people in biblically correct ministry. It's impacting our community and our world with the gospel of Christ. And I believe it's developing a heart for, after God. <clears throat> it meets every one of the qualifications. And so what we do here when we have a minister who comes up and says, Pastor, I think we ought to do this. And I think to myself, okay, how does it fit with our purpose? Does it fulfill the purpose that we have for our church? Does it accomplish what we have been placed here to do? And if it doesn't, then it doesn't belong here. No matter how good an idea it is, it doesn't fit here. And someone says, yeah, but, you know, you pick and choose. It's all up to you what we do here. Well, there is an element of truth to that because I have to kind of wade through things. But the fact is, is that that determines what we do here. 
It's, it's not my opinion. It's what God has deemed as important and necessary for the local church and the, the purpose that we are supposed to fulfill as a church. Therefore, everything that we consider and everything that we do ought to point toward and ultimately fulfill these purposes or at least one, if not a number of them. <clears throat> and so our time is important. It's valuable. Everything with a purpose And I don't know that there's anything in our church that's more productive and more valuable than the bus ministry. It fulfills the purpose of the church. It truly makes an impact like no other in the ministry here. And someone says, well, you know, we we could focus our attention else. We could. But let me tell you something. I, I mean, we've knocked on thousands of doors. And we see people saved without a doubt. I understand that. We had three people saved yesterday outdoor knocking. I understand that happens, but the bus ministry at any given time, souls are saved constantly, continually. It's amazing what God does with the the hearts and the minds of those children. And we're going to talk a little bit about the bus ministry. Why the bus ministry? Why the bus ministry? Thanks, guys. You can take that down now. Thank you. Why the bus ministry? It was like uh, was mentioned this morning a number of years ago, almost 20 years ago now, when... uh, of course, my, uh, my wife uh, got a burden just to pick up some neighborhood kids. She just wanted to do something. She had her own children. She had her own family. But she said, I just don't, I want to do something. I want to personally make a difference. And uh, I said, well, okay, that's fine. She said, I, I just, I think I'm, I'm going to start praying that God will bring some, you know, bring some, uh, uh, that give me some ideas or bring some people into my mind and into my, my I guess, um, sphere of influence so that I can get them to church, make an impact in their life. She started praying and asking God for some things. And uh, it wasn't long after the neighbor boy walks across the street and starts playing basketball with me. He's 13 years of age. And, um, you know, before it's over with, he's, he's, he's the first rider on our church bus. And then I say church bus, it was actually our, our, our personal van. And so my wife's picking him up, taking him to church. And then uh, it wasn't uh, the, just that uh, next week that some, uh, a family around the block had a couple, three or four children. And uh, my wife made contact with these people, and eventually they permitted her to take those kids. And so it went from one the first week to five the next week. And then, then all of a sudden, a little girl comes running down the street crying and screaming and going crazy, and she's bloody on her knees and her elbows and her arms, and, and she was crying and going crazy. I mean, just, just bawling and squalling. And I said, what's wrong? I was out shooting some baskets, and uh, I, she's just... You could tell she was in distress, and so I, I kind of stopped her, and I tried to calm her down. I, I went and got Sherry, took her into Sherry. Sherry cleaned her up, to, you know, wiped the blood away and all that stuff. And found out that she lived right up the street around the block there on uh, Route 619. And so she got her, we got her home and met the family, met the parents. She started riding. And just the Lord opened up doors. And before it was over with, like Joshua was saying, uh, my wife was picking up... Uh, you know, two and sometimes three times on a Sunday morning, you just drop off six or eight kids and, you know, five to seven, eight kids, and then go back and pick up some more and drop them off. And, 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 and so it was getting to where she, I told her, I said, if you start, if you pick up, at least have to go out, you know, and pick up twice every Sunday consistently for the next so many weeks, then I'll go ahead and we'll, we'll work on getting you a van. 
Well, <clears throat> we went looking for a van. I went looking for a van. I went to some dealerships. I looked in the paper and things. And, man, I, I tell you what, the prices were astronomical. Even then, they wanted anywhere from twelve dollars to $15,000 for a 16-passenger van. That was used. That wasn't brand new. And uh, I was like, are you kidding me? There is no way in the world. I mean, it, we just, uh, I mean, when about two years of the ministry, we was lucky to have $30,000 saved up. We certainly weren't going to spend twelve or fifteen of it on a van when we were looking for property. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, I, I, the guy, I happened to run in, I went to the Hartville uh, uh, Ford dealership in Hartville, and I got talking to this guy about the, needing a van. He said, what you need it for? I said, well, you know, I passed this, this new church up here. We just meet at the Lake Senior Center. I said, we just need a van. Uh, we need a van. You know, my wife's making a couple of trips back and forth, so we'd just like to make one trip, maybe even expand a little bit so we could pick up a few more kids. And he said, well, he goes, these vans are really expensive. I said, you're telling me. And he goes, uh, I mean, he said, what do you think about a bus? And I said, eh, I don't know. I don't know. He goes, well, here, here's the thing. He says, my wife, she works with the Ellett Booster Club down Ellett High School, and they're selling a bus for 2500 bucks. I think it was 2500 bucks." And uh, he said, and I said, it runs? <laughs> he said, yeah, it runs. And uh, I said, oh, Okay. And so uh, before it's over with, you know, Don and I, we're running down there checking out this bus. It was a standard shift. It was, it, it, we, ultimately, we ultimately bought the bus, our first one. And Sherry, of course, as, as Joshua said, when she found out we were getting a bus, she was excited. She had been reading every bus book there was because she just, you know, she was interested in the bus ministry and, and she was reading all the books. And so when I said, well, it looks like we're going to get a bus, she's like, yes, you know, she's all excited about a bus. 2500 bucks, basically. I think it was 25 Don, was it 2500 Yeah, okay. It was. It was $2,500. Man, that bus ran for years and years. And uh, God blessed us. And we started picking up kids on the bus. And uh, then eventually that bus route had to split. And, uh, you know, we had a Hartville route and we had a Uniontown route. And then eventually we added uh, a route over in this area. And then we started, then eventually we added a couple routes over in uh, some of the... Uh, uh, Akron area and, and just uh, we, we, we run va- routes and what our philosophy was a little different than a lot of people's you know we didn't believe uh, at least I don't and I say we it's it really my philosophy but I, I don't I don't I didn't agree with the idea of just run into low income pick up a bunch of kids bring them in I don't I don't agree with that philosophy I believe that the bus ministry ought to, ought to uh, um, meet the need of a community yes. and so what I'm, I'm, I'm convinced is this <clears throat> that every single bus captain and every, is, is really a pastor over an area. And so, like, if this is an area, then they're responsible for everyone in that area, not just that little segment right here where they can run in and get 10 kids real fast. No, no, they're responsible for every home and every child in that area. And so our goal is to build our bus routes with homes and families. And then when we go into those kind of areas where we're bringing in a truckload maybe of one, you know, of a bunch of kids at one time, they assimilate to the kids that are already steady and faithful. Instead of them taking over and ruling, we have this steady, consistent group that says, no, we sing when the, guy, the, the bus captain says sing. We sit when the bus captain says sit. And so everybody kind of goes, oh, so that's how you do it. And everybody follows that. So what happens is if you get stuck, you know, we just didn't run to place. Oh, well, hey, we heard they opened up a whole new, uh, you know, uh, low-income housing over here. Let's set up a bus and run over there and pick a bunch of kids up. Never functioned like that. I didn't want to do that. Because, see, we're ministering to people. 
We're ministering to areas. And so we have bus routes in Hartville. We have bus route in uh, Uniontown. We have bus route in um, uh, Spring, like Springfield area. We've got a bus, a bus that runs in the, um, the Ellet area, kind of Ellet and kind of Ellet, kind of, it's hard to explain because it expands a little bit more than it was originally. And then we, we've got routes that run over in Akron, two or three routes there, S- specific areas that the buses are to run. And, uh, you know, the Lord's blessed it. it. We continue to expand it. We continue to see it grow. And God has been good. And um, that's, that's basically how the bus ministry got going. And we've had to buy buses through the years. We've had to uh, do a lot of maintenance has been done on the buses through the years. Uh, a lot of sheet metal, a lot of fixing holes. Um, you know, not, we've been blessed. We haven't had a lot of major engine work or anything like that. But we've had a lot of work with brakes and with rotors and you name it. It's probably been done exhausts. Boy, those are fun. <clears throat> and uh, just a lot of work like that. And uh, God's blessed us with the right people to get the job done. And uh, the ministry has continued to go well. And we thank the Lord for that. Uh, you know, if, if something would happen to Mark O'Donnell today and another pastor took the position here at Community Baptist Temple, I'd hope that you'd be wise enough to put a pastor in place that loves the bus ministry. I really would. I, I, I think that our community needs that. I think that, that there's a segment of our society that is not being reached in the least, and I think that it's important that we get out there. I mean, um, I don't know about you, but, you know, probably not many of you have probably taken the time to go knock on doors in the inner city lately. And uh, the bus routes, some of our bus routes are in some of those areas we'd consider city routes. Well, that's an important ministry, reaching out to people in some cases that are unwanted and maybe even considered unloved. Well, God loves them and he wants them. And, and, you know, so them. And then there's these little kids over here that running around, you know, it just, man, it's just, uh, you get thinking about it. But anyway, uh, that's the bus ministry. That's where we've come from. And God's blessed it. And we thank the Lord for it. So why the bus ministry? And I want to hurry today because Joshua wants to recognize some of the bus workers and things. And I'm glad he's going to do that. But why the bus ministry? So we, we look at Mark chapter 10 again. Turn there real quickly, verse 13 through 16. And basically it's just a springboard. And I'm going to give you four simple thoughts. Why the bus ministry? But I, I love the bus ministry. And, and, and there may come a day. I'm not going to, you know, listen, Community Baptist Temple is its own entity. It's not my church. It's our church. It's, it's the Lord's, you know. Uh, but, you know, and we, we want to be careful. We, you know, you don't want to put absolutes on things. I know how that is. My dad used to say, never say never, you know. Sure enough, you're going to get burned, you know. But, you know, I, I've heard pastors say, and as long as, you know, we're in this church will always have a bus ministry. Well, we may not always have a bus ministry. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I'm not sure. What if they outlawed running buses and they wouldn't license buses? I don't think we're going to run buses because we'll get pulled over every time we run a bus. I don't know what we do. Then we just ask you to go pick kids up, I guess. Yeah. You know, things like that. We'd find a way to get things done, but we may not run buses. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying but I would like to think as long as we're able to run buses, we're going to keep running buses. As long as it's, we can get it done without, uh, you know, uh, well, I, I just say we, we do it. I, I still think of Dallas Billington over there running all those buses, you know, and they said, well, we've got a, uh, during the war, you know, he continued to run buses, and they said, you guys can't run these buses. It's called, it takes up too much gas. 
it's too much, there's too much gas. It's just too much. We've got men and women that are fighting a war, and we've got to ration gas, and we've got to make sure that, you know, that those needs are being met before, you know, the needs at home. And he said there is no greater need than people coming to Christ. And if you can run your beer trucks uh, back and forth and fill up those, you know, bars with beer and, and, and put gas in those trucks, we're going to run our buses. Uh, see, uh, so, so there is a time to draw some lines in the sand and take the, the, the fight to them. Uh, I understand that. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that if 30 years from now some preacher stand at Community Baptist Temple preaching and there's not a bus ministry that he's out of the will of God. I'm not going to tell you that. Maybe, maybe there'll be, you know, buses, something that, you know, just doesn't even have wheels and it just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. You know, so, so I got to be careful there, okay? <clears throat> but as long as we can run buses, I want to run them. Now, Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 16, again, uh, I'm in the right book this time. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Again, uh, the bus ministry. Why the bus ministry? Number one, the bus ministry pleases the master. And we could take the time to review what we talked about this morning. And that would basically be the first point, that Jesus does love children. And he, the, the children hold a special place in his heart. And he showed them love. And, and he demonstrated that love by, by, you know, reaching out to them and touching them and holding them and making an imp- a difference in their life. Man, I'll tell you what, you want to please God, then love on children. I think that pleases the Lord. And the bus ministry pleases the master. There's no doubt that he takes great pleasure in the fact that many of you are sacrificing your afternoons going out there. I know it's a chore and I know it's a sacrifice. I realize there's nothing easy about what we asked you to do on a regular basis. But let me tell you something. I believe it pleases the master. And I'm confident that your life, it will be better for it in the long run. And boy, I'll tell you what, God's been meeting needs. Three years we've been running these buses in the afternoon. Three years we've been meeting in this place. Three years. And you're still here. And we're still running those buses. And many of you are workers on those buses or praying for those buses or, you know, making treats for those buses and involved in that bus ministry somehow, some way, whether you're, you know, working out there with the kids that get kicked out or whether you're dealing with the kids that are wanting to be saved or whatever it might be, you're involved and you're plugged in. Man, I'll tell you what, I think to myself, if we can go through this, we can get through it. We can deal with some things. Someone says, man, I don't know how people could continue to do those kind of things. Well, they just do it one week at a time. You just keep doing it one week at a time. And, uh, you know, God's been good to us. The bus ministry. It pleases God, though. It pleases the Lord. I, 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 I'll walk out there and see Brother Rick or I'll, I'll see Brother Mike working with one of those kids out there. And I just look at that and I think to myself, how precious is that? And, oh, that little boy or little girl just got kicked out of class, so to speak, or got removed because they wouldn't listen or they weren't willing to plug in. And here they are talking to them, showing them kindness and love. Expressing some compassion. And sometimes it gets bad because then the kids start saying, 
they go to church wanting to get kicked out so they can go talk. Because they get a little one-on-one, you know? They like the attention. But that's precious. I think that pleases God. The bus ministry pleases the master. Number two, the bus ministry promotes the gospel. It promotes the gospel. In Luke chapter 14, verse 23, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. See, the bus ministry exposes children to the truth. It exposes children to the truth. See, the worldview that they have is extremely tainted by their ungodly influences in their life. I mean, just think about the movies, the television, the music, the friends, the lifestyle, the entertainment that many of those children are exposed to on a regular, consistent basis. Think about what goes into their heart and into their minds. The bus ministry elevates godly leadership, and and it elevates godly influence in their lives. Bus captains, workers, teachers, and even myself, the pastors, we stand before the kids as we talk and engage with the children. They're learning what godly influence is and what godly leadership is, and it elevates those things in their life. It exposes the children to truth. The bus ministry exhibits the love of Christ. As we mentioned just a little bit ago, it's, it's amazing how a child's life can be changed in such a short time, in such a single, even a single event, a single event. It, it's just amazing. My neighbor, uh, the, the, the young man that came across the street, he, um, you know, he came to our church for a number of years. And, um, you know, while he was, you know, kind of in and out a little bit, his dad uh, uh, passed away. And, and that night when his dad died, a bad situation, he came across the street and he, 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 we, I had him in and I spent a lot of time with him. Just that one night. Do you know that every time I talk to him, he's in his 30s now. Every time I talk to him, he brings up the fact that when my dad took his life, you were there for me. And you know what, you know what, you know what happened in his mind? I became his dad that night. Do you realize that one night changed his life is his perspective. I got a phone call from him. He just recently left the area. He gives me a phone call. As a matter of fact, in my wallet, and I know you may not agree with this. You may think it's satanic. I don't know. But I got this really weird-looking thing right here. I don't, I can't, it's like a crossbone skull, <laughs> but it's like a cartoon one. It's kind of a weird-looking thing. It doesn't really look like, you know, the real bad stuff. It's kind of like kid stuff. But before he left the area, he said, Listen, I only give these to my closest friends. And he says, I want you to have this. And I took it and I thought, well, I really don't want to have it in a place where I have to explain it every time people see it. <laughs> so I stuck it right on the inside of my wallet there. Every time I open it, I think about Jason. I think about him. He said, he wrote, he wrote me, the, he, he texted me the other day and he goes, he, he put this little signature, this thing on his little text and he says, I'm thinking about you today. Now listen to me. He's got a lot of things going on in his life. But you know what? One day changed his life. It changed, changed my life even. It's, it's amazing. It doesn't take a lot sometimes. It really doesn't. It doesn't take a lot. 
But this exhibiting the love of Christ, from the time these children are picked up to the time they're dropped off, the children are loved and they're shown respect and they're shown appreciation. Oh, yeah, there's times that we got to get on those kids. I mean, they get crazy. Well, the captains are just as bad sometimes. But, but the fact is, is that we got to get on them. I mean, we, you know, some of them are just downright defiant. But the majority of them aren't. The majority of them want to fit in. The majority of them want to please you. The majority of them wanna, wanna lo- want to be loved and accepted. And boy, I'll tell you what, it's such a good thing. And the ones that don't, let's face it, there's a reason why they respond the way they do. There's a reason. And the temptation is to lash out. The temptation is to say, what's your problem? You know better than that. You should listen to me. But maybe they don't know better than that. And you know what they really respond to is love. And I understand we have to draw lines in the sand and we have to empower our workers and we can't be held hostage by the children. I understand that. But boy, they need love. And we give it to them. And those children respond to that love. Every bus captain, every worker understands that. It gets a little awkward even at times because the little girls and some want to hug on you and want to hold you and they want to show their appreciation and, and you've got to be careful how you do that. You're out in public and there's people there that don't know you. And, you know, in our culture, it's a little strange now. And, but they're so starved, some of them, for love. And they get it on the buses. <clears throat> they get it. The bus ministry extends Christ to every rider. I mean, it promotes the gospel by extending Christ to every rider. I mean, those children get the gospel on the bus. The kids get the gospel in a classroom. The kids get the gospel in a rally time. They get the gospel. Yep. Why the bus ministry? Well, first of all, the bus ministry pleases the master. Because he loved children and we show our love and gratitude for children as well. But also the bus ministry promotes the gospel. Number three, the bus ministry perfects believers. It perfects the believer. You say, what do you mean? Well, it perfects by stirring our hearts to action. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 51 says, Mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. The writer Jeremiah there expresses a great principle. And he basically states that what he sees affects how he feels. Boy, that's important. See, the world's adopted this particular biblical truth. It applies this truth on a regular basis. When's the last time you turned on a television set and you saw um, a, you know, an advertisement for uh, children in a foreign land who needed food? And they show you pictures of children with cleft, lit, cleft palates, ch- pictures with children that stomachs are bloated from hunger. They show you these, these pictures of maybe even dogs and cats that have been you know, locked in cages. And they're asking for money. And why, why do they show you these pictures? Because they know that the eye affecteth the heart. Where did they learn that? From God's Word. You say, no, they learned that from a lot of schooling and, and you know, uh, advertising classes. No, God laid that foundational principle. And the truth is the world continues to use it because it works. And that's true in the church as well. So many times we can get somewhat content and comfortable here. You know, safe and sound within the walls of our church. 
But as we stretch out and as we go out into the world, as we begin to see the hurt, the heartaches that these children and some of their families endure, then all of a sudden our heart goes out to them. Oh, it's easy to, to, to be angry and upset with, with those that are on welfare or those that are taking paychecks and those that should be working and aren't. And yes, indeed, we have reasons to fix some of those areas of our, our culture and our society, without a doubt. But hold on. When you get out there where the children are, you realize they're not the reason, they're, the, they're not the, at fault. It's not their fault that things are the way they are. And many times, some of their families even feel trapped and don't know where to turn and what to do. And all of a sudden, we see the hurt, the heartache, and we recognize the great need, and we say to ourselves, I need to show some compassion. Man, this is gut-wrenching. I mean, this little boy, his daddy just got picked up for drug uh, trafficking, and he's in prison right now, and mama's trying to raise a whole you know, house full of children on her own. And, and, and this little girl's uh, uh, mother just shot herself. And, and this, little, this little kid's uh, brother or sister just got, you know, whacked out on cocaine and crack and is over in a psych ward right now. And we wonder why they act the way they do and what they, when they go through what they do. And as you begin to see some of those things, you say to yourself, man, somebody needs to love these kids. Somebody needs to make a difference in their life. Somebody's got to get outside the walls of the church and make a difference. Man, our eye affects our heart. It perfects us by providing our lives with purpose. It's interesting in the bus ministry, you realize that you're not the only one that has problems. <laughs> you know that. And you no longer are thinking about yourself anymore but others. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, it's like, wow. Man, I'm glad I'm not in that situation. Glad I'm not in that situation. You know, a lot of people kind of put the ministry down. You know, well, the ministry is so hard and such a burden on your family and so difficult, so hard. No, man, I'll tell you what. I appreciate my family probably more than anybody in this place because every time I go to a hospital room, I think to myself. Every time I go to a psych ward, every time I go to a prison, every time I go to a household and visit some home, I think to myself, oh, God, thank you for what I have. Man, thank you for what I have. This is amazing. As I see the hurt and the heartache in the lives of people, as I see marriages that have fallen apart and are just, just, I mean, skeletons of what they used to be, as I see teenagers and young people that are out in the world and parents that are brokenhearted, I say to myself, thank God, thank God, thank God I've made the decisions I've made and followed your word. Thank God I am in the ministry. Thank God I give my life to God's house. Thank God I'm not out there in the world running after material gain. Instead, I'm seeking after eternal reward. I think about that often. The ministry is the greatest. And you may not be in the, quote, full-time ministry, but you are full-time, friend. You're out there on the front lines. You're knocking on those doors. You're trying to get riders, and you're, you're trying to help these children and work in the lives of these families and all these captains and workers. You see the carnage of sin. You recognize it. One of the greatest things I think that, that I ever was able to, uh, that could have ever done with my children was expose them to that. I'm so glad my children rode buses from the time they fit in a car seat. Someone says, oh, you can't do that with your kids. You can't, it's too dangerous. Whatever. I trust the Lord with a few things. Yeah. Amen. But what I did find is this. My children got close enough to sin to see the heartache that it causes the carnage that it causes. But I think they were wise enough to say, wow, 
Do I really want that in my life and in my home? And so far, they've made those kind of decisions. And I think the bus ministry goes a long ways to helping that, making a difference in that. That's off the topic just a little bit. But it gives us purpose. Okay, yeah, you're going to sacrifice Saturdays, but you've got a purpose for getting up because you know there's a world out there that needs you. It perfects by deepening our walk with God. You say, how's that work? Well, it's interesting that you'll find yourself praying for those children and begging God to work in their lives. You'll see a need to study the Word of God like you never did, so you're equipped to answer the questions that their mom or their dad has or that maybe they have. You've got to be able to lead them now. You're their leader. You have to prepare and you have to be ready. And it helps to equip you and you grow in the, the grace of God and in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a deepening walk with God by necessity even. We all need purpose and we all need to serve in that regard in that it helps to move us and motivate us to become the best we can be. You want God to be more real in your life so that you can be the kind of example and the kind of influence that you ought to be in their lives. And every one of us that work in the bus ministry, everybody that's involved in the bus ministry in any way, shape, or form, finds that it moves us to be better than we are. Why do you think that we have soul winning training? Why do you think that we have soul certification? Because we want our workers to be better equipped to deal with that. We want them to have a confidence in dealing with those children and dealing with others, whether it's mom or dad or brother or sister in the home. These are all important things. It's just one piece of the puzzle to ensure that everybody's equipped. So it perfects. And finally, last but not least, not only do we see that the bus ministry pleases the master, that it promotes the gospel, that it perfects the believer, but the bus ministry perpetuates the faith. It perpetuates the faith. A current, a current Barna study showed at what ages folks really get saved or what age they profess to be saved. 43% are saved before reaching the age of 13. 43% of people who profess to be saved are saved before the age, uh, are saved before the age of 13. 64% are saved before their 18th birthday. 13% or 1 out of 8 make their profession of faith while 18 to 21 years of age. That's amazing to me. That's amazing. Statistics basically show us that 77% of those that will be saved are saved before their 21st birthday. 77%. Almost 80% of people who will trust Christ the Savior will do that before their 21st birthday. And I think that fact emphasizes the need to reach folks early on in life. And the fact that the faith is being perpetuated by the ministry here. Is evident by the souls that are being saved on a regular basis in our bus ministry and in our youth departments. See, they're the ones that will continue the faith. They're the ones that will promote the faith in the future. They're the ones that will continue to say, hey, it's important, this Jesus. R.A. Torrey said, It is almost the easiest thing in the world to lead a child from 5 to 10 years of age to a definite acceptance of Christ. The younger the children are when you seek to lead them, uh, to, to, lead them uh, to make an actual acceptance of Christ, 
the easier the work will be and the more satisfactory. I mean, R.A. Torrey recognized the fact that young hearts are more tender, that they haven't been so inundated and so saturated with sin and with the influence of the world. We are very careful and try to be very careful with our youngsters here. We don't want children to make professions of faith simply to get a notch on the gun belt. We don't want them just to say, Oh, Jesus, you know, uh, come into my heart. Amen, I'm saved. We really want them to understand that they're sinners in need of a Savior. We want them to really recognize the fact that Christ only can save them. We, we really want them. We don't want to just, do you believe Jesus died on the cross? Yes. Do you believe Jesus Christ uh, saves? Yes. Do you believe that you need to be saved? Yes. Do you believe that, you, would you like to be saved? Yes. Okay, would you say this prayer with me? Yes. All right. No, we don't do that. We don't want to ask yes and no questions. We want to ask open-ended questions that require a response from a youngster so that we know they understand what's going on. Why did you come forward? You know, what is, what, you know why, why do you believe you need to be saved? I mean, we're asking questions that require an answer, a thought process. The bus ministry is a tremendous tool in perpetuating the faith. It wasn't just this past, I don't know when it was exactly, but it's been a little while ago, maybe probably six months ago or something. I believe Sherry was telling me she knocked on the door. A little girl had ridden her bus. And so she knocked on the door. I believe it was a little girl. And when she knocked on that door, a a woman came to the door. She was pregnant, and she did not look well. And uh, she began to talked to her real quick, said, oh, you know, are you, well, yeah, I was just at the hospital. I, I, they, they, you know, I, I thought I was going to go in. I thought I was having a pregnancy. They went ahead and, um, you know, gave me some things to withhold that so I could keep and carry the baby a little longer. And she said, well, listen, I just wanted to stop by. I'm sorry to hear that you're struggling with your pregnancy, but I wanted to come by and I just wanted to introduce myself. And she said, oh, I already know who you are. You're Miss O'Donnell. I used to ride your bus. Now, Sherry's going, who is that? Because this happens to her from time to time. I have it written in my notes when it happened. I wrote it down. Let me tell you something. The fact is, is that the bus ministry perpetuates the faith. There's a little girl that was riding a bus one day because Mama rode a bus. And because Mama, you know, took some steps in her life and she realized, okay, maybe I... I'm not in church, but I want to make sure my daughter is in church. Well, that's, that's huge, folks. It's huge. As we get older, we realize that we're ministering to the children and even grandchildren of the people we ministered to in the past. But that's a blessing. That's a wonderful thing. The bus ministry. Why the bus ministry? Well, it pleases the master. It promotes the gospel. It perfects the believer. It perpetuates the faith. A wonderful tool that God has given us in the year 2016 to reach our community for Jesus Christ. A wonderful tool. Never underestimate the influence of it. And some of the bus captains struggle. You know, they they, they go through, it's kind of like this with your buses sometimes. Ebb and flow, you know. And they get discouraged because they say, where'd all my riders go? And this family moved away and that family moved away. And now I, I, I had this many and now I only have this many. And it's so discouraging. And just keep at it. 
It'll come back. Just work hard. Keep knocking those doors. Keep reaching out to people. Keep going forth. Listen, in eternity, you will be glad you continue to make those kind of decisions. As you stand in that celestial city one day, and I know, I, I, I don't know if it'll be like this or not, but I sure love the song, Thank You. Have you ever heard that song? And as people come by and say, I just want to thank you for knocking on my door. I want to thank you for bringing that old big yellow bus past my house and picking me up. I want to thank you for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with me when nobody else seemed to care. It'll all be worth it then. It'll all be worth it. All the 90 and 100 degree days on the buses, all the sweat and toil, all the getting wet I heard today. Heard my wife's bus got ambushed <clears throat> because she's often ambushing others, so she got her just as reward. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, it's a wonderful ministry. And I just want to encourage the people of Community Baptist Temple to never give up on the bus ministry. Hang in there. Stay faithful. Continue to support. And I know you do. You're faithful in your giving. Continue to stay faithful in giving. The finances you give to the general fund go directly to focusing on the ministry itself. And the ministry, one of those areas is the bus ministry. We just want to keep those buses rolling. We want to keep seeing children come to Christ. And we want to continue to see families impacted by the work of the bus ministry. Thank you, captains. Thank you, workers. It doesn't happen without you. You have a pastor that's extremely pleased and proud of you. And I just want to see us to continue to go forward. Bigger days are ahead. Bigger days are ahead. Don't get discouraged in the afternoons. It's hard to get them here. I know that. Just stay faithful. Bigger days are ahead. And God will bless it. Father, we come.